0: Welcome to Australian Music Podcasts, or AMP for short, produced by Hugh and Rod with Joe and Luke to provide histories and critiques of the first 50 years of Australia's sometimes progressive, other times just peculiar rock and pop music. In the podcast, we discuss a particular stream or genre of music and then also present our own musical tribute as we celebrate on all that's good and very occasionally bad in Australian MUSIC Today's episode, we're talking about glam, which, which may be glam rock or glitter rock. And Rod,
1: it really started in England or the UK, didn't it? It's a very English phenomenon. And uh, I think it's generally thought to have started in March 1971, when Mark Boland appeared on top of the Pops wearing glam and glitter and satin satin trousers. I mean, essentially, he was T-Rex, wasn't he? Yeah, he, well, yeah well, he was. He invented T-Rex. And it's generally thought to have been declared dead by, Mark, by the same Mark Boland. In July 1973, on the cover of Melody Maker, was, glam rock is dead," he said. What? Two years later? Two years later. That's right.
0: It's a kind of short little window to have a whole. Rock yes, shot, but its influence endures.
1: The, the, the influence endures.
0: Okay. Um, now, in Australia, um, in Australia, who, who was our first
1: glam rock act? Well, I think Hush were the first. You know, but, I mean, you think about glam rock as being characterised by a kind of sort of camp androgyny and uh, high form shoes, and yeah. makeup and glitter, glitter. A um, bit of a sense of style, you know, but yeah. I, think, I think Hush... think sense in, of fashion? In, in an era, but Hush started in sort of late 1971. Oh, okay. And um, So they're, they're in the Mark Bolan era? And they were onto it. They were onto the glam rock thing early. Okay. I mean, the music was just basically a good, good old rock and roll bubblegum bubble gum rock. Mm. But in an era when Australian rock was dominated by bad beards and mad long hair and denim, they were a bit of fresh air.
0: Okay. Well, let's have a listen to Hush, fronted by Keith Lamb. Man Eater. So we're not necessarily playing Hush's hugest hits here, which is Boney Maroney and stuff like that, but that's a really good indication of early Hush and it's got a really British rock sound. You actually hear little undertones of even sort of Black Sabbath in there, strangely enough, as well. You do indeed, and I I think they would have been influenced by that sort of thing. Yeah, who who wasn't that sort of, that, that faster style of rock. But, of course, what Hush brought was a real look. Now, the two guitarists... They really looked the part as well. Yeah,
1: Les Gock and Rick Lum. Okay, they were great. And, they, and, they, and they, they, the guitarist and the bass player, and they just looked glamorous. And they looked sort of oh, they had they long hair. Sort of, they had sort you of, you know. of you know
0: silver lame suits, whatever you call them. And young girl,
1: young girls at sort of police citizens' boys' clubs and high schools, high school dancers all over the country loved them.
0: Yeah, no, there was that little tale of a, they had trouble in Western Australia because they had that song, Get Rocked, and the crowd the crowd would always say, sing along going, get fucked, get oh, really? fucked, get rocked, and so the mayor, the, the mayor tried to ban them. <laughs> uh, and, and the hush just said, hey, we're not seeing that, we're singing Get Rocked as the them seeing yeah. that too, yeah.
1: Hey, yeah, rest the crowd. But of course uh, we won't. We won't talk about this, a reggae version of White Christmas and oh, things like that. But, but, oh. but, but, uh, we'll but, leave that for another but show. But they were going for a good few years, you know, glad they had a, 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 a Really huge hit with a glammy version of Boney Maroney.
0: Yeah, yeah, it absolutely huge. And on Countdown, the rise of them again coincided with the rise of Countdown. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and they but were they, they were, were big on Countdown. Countdown.
1: Yep. Okay, so next up, next up we've got um, well, we've got ACDC. Oh, already. ACDC. You say glam rock band, oh, and they're just a they're just a kind of kind of big sort of stadium rock band now. weren't yeah, th- at the start, this is pre-Bon. That's right. Uh, with uh, with uh, another another Brit. Dave Evans. Dave Evans, that's right. It's a bit of a British theme, again. So all these Australian bands with British members, glam rock. And um, under the supervision of uh, George Young and Harry Vander, of course. Of course. Um, This is uh, is their first single, actually, with Dave Evans on the vocals, and it's uh, called Can I Sit Next to You, Girl?
0: Okay. So that's Dave Evans singing, but there was actually another version recorded of the TNT album with Bond singing.
1: But it's not as good, not as good. No, no. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 and what happened to, to what Dave Evans? Say. What happened to Dave Evans? Well, you know. Well, they got Bond along and they booted him out. Yeah. But then uh, Newcastle band. Uh, Newcastle band, the Cherries, in fact, changed oh, their name to Rabbit. Right. And um, they must have thought they got it in Maven, when they got the singer from Macadaka ring, because were already big. And so Dave Evans joined Mark Tinson, Phil Scran and the boys from Newcastle. In Rabbit. Uh,
0: look, Rabbit are a great band. Uh, well, they are a
1: great band. It's sort of uh, kind of overlooked in Australian Australian rock history in a way.
0: Yeah, look, I've got some uh, extraordinary material on them um, that I dug out that that a, that a fan base and a Newcastle database of musicians published, and um, I'll read you a bit of that soon. But let's have a listen to the Rabbit song.
1: Yep, which is called "Let's Go Rock and Roll." <laughs>
0: Tinson, Tino, Tino, we call him. Okay, was, was <laughs> the driving force behind the band very much? I, I've got a, a good quote because some, uh, I think, the record company at the time called them um, Glam Boogie, which is you know a nice little subsection. Subsection, it certainly itself. is.
1: Yeah, and you can hear, you can also hear the influence on the Angels there. You can hear the one guitar chunking away and the other one doing a little spike every bar. You know, yeah,
0: yeah, I like that word spike. And, and it says here in the press release. And the members deck themselves out in bare-chested silk blouses, spandex leggings, and stack-heeled boots. So I mean, that, that's the glass, the glam outfit for Australian rock.
1: Hey, look, Australian. I mean, glam
0: didn't catch on really hugely in Australia compared
1: to the UK. Well, it was a, it was kind of a trend, and people tried to tried to follow it. I think in a lot of ways, it was probably too late. And more, more to the point, I think in Australia it's just too hot. <laughs> <laughs> too,
2: too hot for glamour. Too Rob. hot.
1: You sort of there, where you, you put on those big sort of silver jackets and big sort of boots and makeup and everything, and you do your hair. And the first song, your makeup's running and your hair's down, sort of sweaty on your face. And the next gig you say, hey, you know, you're going to wear the makeup tonight, and hour, nah, let's just rock, let's just rock it out. And so,
0: so you're so, so trying to say uh, our musicians were t- too tired, too hot, and too lazy. To, just is going to rock go pub rock. rock you know,
1: and it's also the demands of pub rock. You know, you're, you're talking about pub Four rock. Four bands where, on the bill. You know, where Queen were, Queen booed off the stage at Sunbury, you know, um, yeah. because because Thorpey <laughs> was sort of sort of and sort of, sort of people yelling at suck more piss. You know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's okay. So glam rock maybe didn't always fit in Australia. <laughs> it was a very short window. Well, you know, anyway, who are we on to next?
1: Well, we're to Skyhawks. Ah. The Skyhawks were big, obviously. Obviously, yeah. they were huge. Talking about Sunbury. And, and they were at Sunbury, and they and they looked very glam. They had unique costumes and yeah. everything. Well, their producer, Ross Wilson,
0: he liked dressing up. Eagle, you know, obviously, Daddy Cool was not a glam band, but it's interesting how his first big production outside Daddy Cool was, was Skyhawks. Skyhawks.
1: was Skyhawks, yeah. yeah, but they brought another dimension to it. The, 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 the music was rock. It was a bit of jazz. It was a bit of kind of folk. But more importantly, they brought the Australian Content. They're talking about you know the yeah, Australian sure. place names Jesus, you know, mixed, drugs mixed mixed and drugs and cars. Mixed opinion about that.
0: Skyhooks these days. Um, you know a lot of people have been having a bit of a kick at uh, you know the songs and Greg McCainch and you know even Shirley at some at, at states. However, let's not deny the fact that they were huge and their lyrics were interesting, and stuff like horror movie. Which we're going to hear now is horror movie, which, yeah. Yeah, which, it, it, which is it, a hit. You are still hearing it on radio. made I mean, an impact for them internationally, and you know, is still included on some, some soundtracks of glam hits and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, let's listen to it. Horror movie, okay. Skyworks. <laughs>
0: Very famous Australian song by Skyhooks. Gee, they were talking about the uh, the news and how frightening it is on TV. Well, not, what's, what's changed? Yeah, well, thank God things have got better since the 70s. Interestingly, they were big on Countdown, Melbourne band, good connection with the Melbourne Music Mafia, Gadinski, Meldrum and all of that. Molly produced this next band, Supernaught, which kind of, I suppose, guaranteed them full Countdown access. Well, they guaranteed
1: them, in fact. I mean, they're, they're, they're another group of... Supernaught. Another group of Brits. Got, oh, their, yeah. got their name from a Black Sabbath, <laughs> Black Sabbath song, Supernoot. Um well, except for Skyhooks, almost all our bands so far have had Brits in them. <laughs> which is an interesting observation, which we can explore. Yep. But um, uh, Supernoot came across from Perth to, to Melbourne, but, as you say, Bonnie produced them. Um, the song, their first song, I like it both ways, was a hit because, of course, it's a, it's a bit of a double entendre, you know, a, yeah, bit, a huge bit cheeky. Band on, band on radio, time. radio wouldn't play it. Yeah. Um, State of the art film clip for Countdown.
0: We've chosen not to play. I like it both ways. We're having no double entendre on this podcast. It's the follow-up. Yeah, which is called Too Hot to Touch by Supernaut.
1: Super, too, too hot for glam. <laughs> too hot then, for God. glam, that's right. <laughs> but it was also too late because that was in 1976. Oh, really? That's I mean, they, they worked very hard on their second album. and They were still working on it in 1978 and they finally gave up. It's just too late for glam's gone. You know, punk punk had happened is, is at the
0: Is that the old thing? Honestly, you know, in other words, they took too long to make their, their album. That's right, yeah. So they just,
1: they just oh. gave it up and they, they, they actually dropped the super. They, went, they called them, went back to call themselves the Noughts and it became a pub rock band again. Well, let
0: that be a lesson to a lot of young musicians <laughs> who take too long, no, truly, too, too to get an album out, you Exactly. Know, yeah. let alone a second album. Oh, okay, so how interesting. Now, who have we got coming up now?
1: Well, we've got William Shakespeare. Now, it can be a reveal now that's not actually his real name. <gasps> uh, his real <laughs> name was, uh, was John Cave. Okay. He'd, been, he'd been a bit of a rock and roll singer around Sydney. He'd had a, a minor local hit in some form. And um, it's one of those rags to riches stories, really. He, he was in at Albert's studio one day. Harry and George had written a song called um, Can't Stop Myself From Loving You. The singer that had got to do it couldn't reach the high notes, and Johnny Cave said, give me a go. Oh, okay. And, um, and he then became, they said, well, change your name to William Shakespeare. or dress you up in some glamorous costumes and put you on Countdown. He's a bit of a sad case in a way, but the sound of both his singles... It's the genius of Harry Vander and George
0: Young. Okay. Yeah, Yeah, no, it was entirely, but for both songs. For both songs.
1: Okay. This is his first hit, it's called I Can't Stop Myself From Loving You.
2: Now when we broke up, girl, I didn't really mind A new love surely wouldn't be so hard to find But now I see myself, I know what lies within And now I realize the fool that I have been Because I...
0: Australian music podcasts. Look, in the last ten years, Vander and Young have been praised to the rooftops but that's a good as reason as any to say they were just the best pop producers. Oh, an amazing in the production land.
1: And, and a catchy song and just uh, just everything about it was great. Even even poor old Johnny Kay's voice there. Yeah. You Look, know? we call
0: we call him poor old Johnny because William Shakespeare, he got stick for his name. He got any, in a bit of strife too. He he got in a bit of strife yeah. and he didn't get any songwriting royalties because Vander and Young wrote the songs. And he he died a pauper, almost in a pauper's grave and fortunately you know, nice people like Support Act, you know, helped him out near helped the end. Helped him out towards the end, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now, funnily enough, Rod, the next band was from Adelaide. Funnily enough, they yeah. were dominated by people from the British Isles. From the UK. Yes. Yeah. So they were called Scandal. Scandal. And they're, they're a really interesting band. They were signed by Mushroom at, at one stage. And, you know, really good musos in there. Chris Harriot. Chris Harriot went
1: on to do a point
0: of trivia to, to do the Bananas in Pyjamas theme. Ah. Yeah. He must probably made more. Of course he made more money from yeah. that than anything else. Probably, not that, probably music, that, not that music's just about money. <laughs> uh, there's a guy called Michael Smith, rock critic, great yeah. great bass player, and heavily influenced, of course, by Queen in their
1: film clips. Uh, and, and a lot of the production sound as well. Especially in the song that we're about to hear and in the film clip. And this is not their biggest hit at all. This is their probably their fourth single. It didn't really chart that well. The the the, the biggest hit they have was a cover of that song by Ace, Paul Carrick or How Long? Oh okay. That was that was earlier on. But this is this is called um, She's a Lady.
0: So there we are, some more Englishmen in Australia or some more Brits in Australia. You know, if you look back at all the, all the Brit bands in that period, there was a band called Mud, there was Gary Glitter, there was Sweet, there was Slade. They were all really big, yet these bands that we're talking about in Australia
1: didn't really dominate the charts, did they? No, they didn't, because Australia really, Australia in those days, it's either, it's either kind of poppy Mark Holden-type pop, or, or, it's, or it's pub rock, really. Yeah. And a lot of these bands, in, in, in a way, not not, not not to denigrate what they did, but they were pub rock bands with glitter and costumes in a, in a, in a way. And I think the next band we're going to hear was Ted Mulry-King, also known as TMG.
0: in the studio, Rod, Joe and I and others are going to do our little tribute to the Oz version of Glam Rock and Glitter Rock. We haven't dressed up for the occasion, but it's called Glimmer Glammer Man.
2: Glim glam man, a flim flam man, a glittering ham just prancing. A glim glam man, a flim flam man,
1: a glittering ham just
2: prancing.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of AMP, Australian Music Podcasts. Our main sources for these special AMP podcasts are essentially our fading memories and quite erratic music industry experiences. But there's always invaluable material from writers such as David Nichols, Ian McFarlane, Glenn A. Baker,
2: Anthony O'Grady and the Miles Ago website.